Danny Meringue. Dusty Bun? Dusty Hera. I've been really busy. I'm trying to save the world from Russians and monsters. This is Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and Portland's sports leader. <laughs> of course you have. 1080. I want to hear it. The Fan. All right, hour number two, Danny and Dusty with you on this Valentine's Day. Bill Burr in hour number one, he joins us at 12.15. Yeah, this, That's this, a fun conversation. Yeah, I mean, this sucks. Valentine's Day, parade day, Bill Burr. Supposed yeah. to be a fun day, man. Yeah, it is. And, it, it, I mean, it's this is... I don't even know. You don't even you don't even know what to say is something like this uh, when something like this happens. But um, we will keep you updated on anything, um, any new news as a tragedy tragedy has struck the Chiefs Super Bowl parade. Um, un, unfathomable. Well, actually, completely fathomable with where we're at right now. But um, we will keep you updated. As any more information comes out, uh, last night Blazers played uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves. That was a game where you saw uh, again another good effort ex- accentuated by the lack of depth and answers by the Portland Trail Blazers. Last yeah, night. no, you're seeing more of what we saw in that period where, we're like, hey, they're feisty, they're 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 game, they're going to be competitive, and it's just you know, on what night will the shots fall just a little bit more to steal a win or two and i mean through three plus quarters they were out playing the timberwolves which is kind of insane because ant edwards was absolutely unstoppable but game of runs and it was just that where you saw a lead balloon to 11 16 and then it would shrink away and the in the blazers would whittle it away and this is like this is something that we've been talking about quite a bit lately is that the blazers have been playing far better basketball uh, especially since DeAndre Ayton got healthy again. And they exercised the demons that they were living through on that two-week road trip where, I mean, that was, uh, I mean, I'll even say it. It was, it was embarrassing, some of the results that they had and in, in the effort on that long, extended road trip. Oh, they were they were beat up and they were getting the crap kicked out of them. It was bad. This team has not responded and answered with wins, but you can see that there has been growth by by this team in this roster and i am uh, you keep seeing it on on social media the the comparisons deandre and hassan whiteside's empty numbers and they don't translate to wins what we saw from deandre ayton kept them in that game last night phenomenal last night hit his first nine shots nine of nine Carl Anthony Towns did not exist last night. He was two for seven in foul trouble. Playoff cat. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it was. It was playoff cat. Uh, Gobert and and Aiton, you know, go back and forth. Go or Aiton outplayed him. I mean, he finishes the night leading the Blazers in scoring 22 points on 12 shots, wildly efficient, 16 rebounds, gets a block. Uh, I thought defensively he was very good. I mean, Ant Edwards was just killing. But I thought that he uh, Aiton was was particularly good in rim deterrence and 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 altering shots and walling things off and switching just incredibly solid stuff from him last night. And then the offense, he just had his jumper going, man. Like he had a couple dunks, but he 
the, the relationship he's now building with Scoot and Ant offensively, it was always kind of there with Ant because Ant's ability, his gravity, and, and you know the, the amount of space he creates. Well, it's easier when you have a guy who's been in the league for a few years yeah. to, to play off of somebody. Pacing, rel- spacing, re- reading, all that kind of thing. In relatively short order. Yeah. And, but Scoot is starting to figure it out. His pacing and understanding what defenses are trying to do to him and understanding scouting reports and how to shift gears and create passing lanes. It's just like it's little intricacies that, that just come with playing time. And he found Aiton on a, a couple of different looks in the pick and roll where he just found some pocket passes, some wrap passes uh, to DA, like 8 to 12 feet. And Aiton was just cooking that mid-range jumper because Rudy Gobert and the Timberwolves, they, they play drop coverage. Gobert always drops basically to the rim, except for Anthony Simons has the ball. Um, mm. But Aiton exploits that. And so you saw him comfortably and willingly taking those shots while also gobbling up the rebounds. I mean, this is a that Timberwolves team is massive. Their starting lineup, their front court, Jaden McDaniels, six foot ten. Carl Anthony Towns, seven foot. Rudy Gobert, seven one. Big dudes. The Blazers out rebounded the Timberwolves last night, both overall and tied them on the offensive glass. In that, those are the signs that we're seeing is that in the thing that is actually satisfying to me, and this is part of the 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 rebuild, and this was preseason what we were talking about with this team is that it's not about wins and losses, but are they still going out and competing every night? Are they still improving on a night to night basis? Mm-hmm. What we saw last night, depth and ability to have answers, especially scoring threats. Yeah. Uh, that is the biggest bugaboo that this Blazers team has because you looked at it and you said, that's why DeAndre Ayton's, the, these aren't hollow points. No. They, they are the points where when they needed that third option in scoring because it was a- Anthony Simons, 19 shots in 20 points. Started off really well, and then he just went cold. Jeremy had a rough night. Jeremy had a rough night. You need somebody else to turn to, and DeAndre Ayton answered. And Like, you thought in the third quarter that that game was just going to get away from him. And then all of a sudden, you look up, and you're like, oh, They found a way to scrap. And DeAndre Ayton's a huge reason for that. He's the reason. He was the steadying hand last night offensively. There's no doubt about that. I was serious. It was a little funny from, from last night. Um Delano Banton, who's only been here for a little bit, already looks incredibly comfortable on both sides of the floor, more comfortable than I ever expected him to look. Uh, he adds a wrinkle to this team as a playmaking wing that I've been saying this is the thing that they need for years. And I'm not saying he's the answer for that, but you're kind of seeing what having a six foot eight guy with a with a handle and passing chops and rim pressure does. All of a sudden you start seeing these like, these things open up that weren't there before because you have to account for him. But he finishes the night. Uh, what do you shoot? Uh, four of eight. He was one of two from three, seven of ten from the free throw line. And it was funny. I heard him post game. He was kind of talking to himself, kind of kind of talking to to JG to Jeremy Grant, whose locker is right next to him. And he was frustrated because he left some free throws out there. He, he he missed a couple layups. And he's like, man, I missed this. I missed three free throws. I missed that three. He's like, I should have had. I should have done this. Jeremy, who's sitting in the chair next to me as we're talking, uh, looks at me and smiles. He goes. Man, I went five for seventeen. <laughs> he goes, it's okay, man. You know, we go through it. It's you know, we go through. It. I mean, but po- it was, but it was, it was just kind of a funny reminder of like where we are in this season. And Banton just getting here, he's very clearly like trying to make an impression. He's being very aggressive, no matter what he does, which I appreciate. I'm here for, I'm here for Delano Banton, and I, I text you this in his first game, mm-hmm. and you thought you were like, how many have you had tonight? <laughs> no, I am here for Delano Banton 
black hole, shoot whatever. Get your Let head me see down, what get you to got. The rim, and the first free. night, it was like it was it was pretty bad because it was, uh, it was I don't it was even know thrown what it was. together. It was entirely thrown together. They basically had three sets that could run. His his shots in in the first game that I think it's four. Played, I think it's four fifteen. Four fifteen for sixteen points. I'm yeah. Good. It was no four, five of 14, five 12 of 14. points. I'm it. here for it. Yeah. I'm here for five of 14, 12 points. Like, give me that guy because he's entertaining as all get out. He cleaned it up efficiency wise from the field last night. But I, I just let the guy have his warts because he's entertaining. I mean, entertaining. 16, three and five. Like, that's yeah. he's entertaining as all get out. And that alley oop that he threw to DeAndre. Oh, my God. Oh my he- Goodness, that he, was fun to watch. He passed the under eight and open. That's that's the kind of thing is like he I asked the coaching staff and I asked um the front office about Ben and kind of like why 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 target Ben? Because look, they gave up a top fifty five protected pick. It's nothing. It's a transaction that will never amount to anything. It is the equivalent of a used bull rack. Like it's 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 nothing. Just entertain me. It's I want all the entertainment but, out of it. Uh, and the the one thing that everyone has said, the one thing everyone has said is he has innate feel. He does. Like, you watch him, like, you watch him driving, like, he knows when to drive. He knows when to cut. He knows when to kind of, like, flip a pass over. Like, he knows that he had... What was crazy is in the the end of the first quarter, him and Scoot Henderson, or excuse me, the end of the second quarter, going to the half, he's got Scoot Henderson on the floor, and the the clock's, I want to say, like, 37, 38 seconds. I think it was a two-for-one. No, it was the other way around, because they had already gotten one. Anyways... Scoot Harrison comes to get the ball. Ben looks him off, waves him away, like, no, I got this. And I'm like, yo, really? And Scoot kind of was like, amount of confidence. That's what I mean. But like, Scoot's like, all right, bet, runs to the corner. They go one four flat. And, but Benton's just kind of feeling it. like, okay, look, I, I've I've got a matchup that I like. Uh, see, that's what I want. He can develop all he wants this offseason. Just let, I just want, I just want to see him get his buckets now. Uh, look, as good as he was in that field, in that that alley oop, mm-hmm. and you know his creation that he can bring to the floor, the fourth quarter defense things fell apart. Oh there. boy! Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're not talking like this guy's going to be a centerpiece for this yeah. organization, but you can't acknowledge when he plays well and does things well. We can also acknowledge that that fourth quarter defense he was uh, he was spun around a few times. No. My wife, who knows very little about basketball, is like, <laughs> "What is number five doing on defense?" And it was it, there were those times, it's and that a, wasn't it's, it's the mis- case in the first half. Miscommunication and, under- and misunderstanding when they change some coverages. A lot but, of times down yeah. the floor, though, repeatedly. But in the first half, it wasn't that bad, and you got to give him credit for that as well. And also give credit to the Timberwolves because <laughs> he's being thrown to the wolves. Oh no, he was. And that's what I was saying. Like being thrown to the wolves and being this productive and actually looking this good for like long stretches. And again, this good is a sliding scale. It's like just <laughs> good. He just looks good. It's like okay, no, you look like a competent NBA role player. This is good. Yeah. Um, my God, the Timberwolves—they're good, man. They're, they, they did the same thing to the Blazers. They did to the Clippers the night before, where uh, the night before they go on a forty to nineteen run against the Clippers. They went on an eighteen to four run against the Trailblazers and just blew that game open. Mm. Twelve of those points coming from Nikhil Alexander Walker, who hit four absolutely unhinged threes. Did not have him as the guy to sink the Blazers. My God, I was talking to guys in the locker room after the game. They all kind of like, man, Nah just hit. Dumb shots. Like he had a step back fadeaway into the corner over the top of Anthony Simons. Like nothing he got was easy, but he none of them touched anything but the bottom of the net. And it's like that's where you just kind of tip your cap to that team. And also Ant Edwards. 
There was one play all night. You know? <laughs> they made nine three or thirteen threes. Nine of them came from Alexander Walker and, and, and Edwards. Edwards. The the play that every player George. was talking about from Edwards last night. And what's interesting enough, Tumani played against or played with Ant in college. Tumani played at Georgia with Ant. Really? Yeah. He, he goes, yeah. He, we we knew back then he was he was that guy. Bucket. Getter. But the the one play that everybody had everybody in the locker room talking. There was a play that Edwards made. I want to say late in the third on a drive where he hits a crossover or a little hang dribble hezzy in the paint as like, hey. at like 10 feet goes from that into a between the legs cross and then pulls the between the legs cross with his left hand immediately into a Euro step in the paint. So he got one guy with a hezzy to bite, got another guy with the, with the right left cross to bite. And then the hezzy or the, the, the Euro froze Aiton and got him to jump early. And then he laid it up on the backside of it. And everybody in the locker room was like, "That was that's not that's normal. you nasty. don't hit those moves in traffic in the paint." Just nasty. Like and so, and everybody like that's the thing. Like nobody's gonna watch. Like that's not the Sports Center highlight, but that was the one thing that everybody in the locker room was like, the thing that he did that caught everyone's like, "You're not supposed to be able to do that." So Tumani was like, "Yeah, he just does stuff like that, and he's just he's just barely figuring it out." He is. Uh, wild card between the years. Yeah. As is Carl Anthony Towns, which this is why we were talking about teams we trust. I don't That's trust right. them. Yeah. I don't trust the them in the playoffs. The talent is otherworldly. It is completely out of this yeah. world. They've done a really good job. A of talent acquisition. Yes. Talent acquisition, but that's not championship level. It's not It's not championship DNA. And that is where I have more faith in Oklahoma City mm-hmm. because they're young. They're unproven in the playoffs, too. They don't do dumb stuff. But they have they have it situated yeah. between the ears, and that's the most important part about winning basketball. And that's why, although this is a gutter of a season for the Blazers, I do believe, though, that if you look at what Joe Cronin has done in kind of building this roster, the mix of the vets to kind of bring those other guys along, with the exception of DeAndre Ayton, who's had his question marks between the ears yes. in Phoenix— you look at guys like Jeremy Grant, like Malcolm Brogdon, even even a Matisse Thibel, right? Who who came from a a winning culture and winning team, they have the vets to kind of bring some other guys along in, in that regard. And I appre- I like that. And you need that in a young team because it can go sideways if the blinds leading the blind in that. No, oh, God, yes. All right, 503-864-6326. Um Let's get a little bit to the NFL. We mentioned Steve Wilkes fired Sacrificial Lamb next on The Fan. Danny and Dusty on The Fan. It's not unusual to be loved by anyone. It's not unusual to have fun with anyone. But when I see you hanging about Trying to spread the love here. Trying to spread the love. I always think of Carlton. Can't hear the Tom song. Tom Jones. Anymore. Yeah. Just can't can't not see Carlton. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers have fired their defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes. Two days following a Super Bowl where I don't know. I think most teams are going to call 19 points regulation to Patrick Mahomes a win, but not in this case. Uh, he gets canned because in the playoffs, especially the defense of the San Francisco 49ers took a massive step back. The bend, but don't break the dam finally broke. And what, 
I thought was you think of think of the drives in that Super Bowl that they held Kansas City to. Yeah, the, I I mean they had and when when you look at the short field touchdown by Patrick Mahomes, you're gonna take that. A a drive where their field goals all had to be field goal drives of 13 plays, nine plays. They had a 12 play and 11 play drive that stalled out, and they had to kick field goals on. You their touchdown in regulation was a one play drive off of a muffed punt. But one game doesn't decide the fate of Steve Wilkes. It was they were not right heading into the Super Bowl effort. In execution, he called it embarrassing in the NFC Championship game. Mm-hmm. You can't have that for a team that has the aspirations to to win a Super Bowl. And Kyle Shanahan, it had to fall on somebody, but it wasn't going to be Steve, him. It fell on Steve Wilkes, man. Yeah, holding uh, Patrick Mahomes to 19 points in regulation apparently wasn't enough. I I think that a lot of it had to do with the game-tying drive in regulation where they needed to call two timeouts. Mm -hmm. You mean one of those drives where basically nobody can stop the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes? Absolutely. But they needed to call two timeouts, and that helped Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm -hmm. And it was because of the kind of the disarray that the defense was in for San Francisco. And I think that that is exacerbated by the fact that Dre Greenlaw ruptures his Achilles with nine minutes to go in the second quarter. Yeah, and... you're you're trying to kind of scramble and figure things out. Certainly, is you, you you need to find your best personnel groupings out there. I saw, gosh, who was the the linebacker that they brought in for Dre? Uh, Oren Burks came in for him. That's not a real name. Oren Burks was targeted nine times in the game, allowed nine catches, hmm. a touchdown. Hmm. And Patrick Mahomes had a passer rating of 134.7 against him. Weird. I wonder what it was when Drake Greenlaw was in the game. Probably not that good. There's a lot that kind of goes into it. Travis Kelsey had one catch for one yard at halftime. But I think, though, you look at also the talent that they have assembled on the defense in Mm -hmm. San Francisco. John Lynch built a roster that you can get away without having a couple of guys. And they didn't have Dre Greenlaw. They didn't have Talanoa Hufunga. Mm-hmm. And you got to you also remember that you know, this is what Kyle Shanahan's third defensive coordinator. He'll be mm-hmm. on his fourth defensive coordinator because guys That's get other jobs. That's the interesting thing here is he makes this move now. It's the, this late in the cycle. Like, I, I know it's a Super Bowl. You're later than everybody else. But who's out there? Who do, who, who do you get? Uh, well, this is a weird thing. How many guys have we seen take jobs and never coach a day there this this hiring cycle? In the NFL. It's true. It's true. Uh, all uh, of it's... a sudden, you have the opportunity to go coach the 49ers defense as opposed to the Carolina Panthers defense. You know, I'm just throwing that out there. I'm not saying the Panthers D coordinator, but just saying in general, like, do you make the phone calls? And I think what Kyle Shanahan's going off of is, I had Robert Sala. He was damn good. Mm-hmm. He got a head coaching job. Yeah. I had D'Amico Ryans. He was damn really good. good. He got a head coaching job. He can pitch that for sure. Steve Wilkes had a head coaching job, hired him as my defensive coordinator, mm-hmm. and because of his two hires that he had previously, he was like, I know what I need and I know what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. And he didn't have it in Steve Wilkes. And so on one hand, I go, golly, you had a top three defense. But on the other one, it's 
Kyle Shanahan knows what he's looking for in his DC, and obviously Steve Wilkes, regardless of what the the regular season in their raw statistics throughout there, it was not what he wanted to win a Super Bowl. And so I applaud him for that and just saying, I, I don't care if you held Mahomes to 19 points. If we had D'Amico Ryans or we had Robert Sala, we'd probably win that game. Mm. And the way that the, the, the dudes that they have, you can make a certainly, great case for it. It certainly feels like some scapegoating. It does. Because it does. offensively, you probably should have done more. Man, Steve Wilkes, like he's the poster child of the one and done. Yeah. He was a one and done head coach in Arizona, mm-hmm. now a one and done DC in San Francisco. That may not be the only issues that they have, though, because of the Brandon Ayuk They've, social they, media thing going we've on. We've got that. And then there's also been a, a couple of their other coaches have been pilfered, too. So. It's going to be interesting to kind of see what that 49ers... We always talk about, hey, what about the the winning team and what they lose in the Super Bowl coming back for next year? Well, the losing team, they got to figure stuff out, too. That, the, and that's the hard the, part. That Eagles team everybody thought was going to come out firing this year, man, they did not. Well, they lost both their coordinators, mm-hmm. which was a massive hit. Big-time hit that they couldn't overcome. Massive hit. With the teams that lose Super Bowls, though, it's not always like, ah, oh, we're going to run it back, we're going to do it, we're going to win this, we're really good. Brandon Ayuk's pissed because... He only had three catches for 49 yards in the mm-hmm. Super Bowl. And his now his girlfriend and his best friend are out on social media blasting the 49ers mm-hmm. and saying that this is why we're not going to be here. Little do they know that they picked up the fifth-year option. He's going to get paid $14 million, so they need to make sure that this thing works out. And I don't know what Brandon Ayuk thinks he's going to do, but the Kyle Shanahan system, you're not the number one. Yeah. You're not the number three. You are the fourth option in that offense because it goes in order, Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, and then you. Mm-hmm. And you were still a 1,300-yard receiver this year. And you, remember, you can have all the confidence in the two world. Two years ago, there was stuff back and forth between Ayuk and Shanahan. So this isn't new. This is... This was, I'm, I'm eating now. I'm being a Debo wide receiver. Go ahead. And play that game. But this is like Debo wanted a new contract. He wanted his money. That's the business of the NFL. Yeah. They got over that real quick because they were jostling back and forth and everything. Everybody is knew what Debo was worth. Brandon Ayuk is the diva. And you're going, should you have that sort of mentality? mentality but yeah. because you are in a system that is amazing. You have a very good quarterback and you just played in a damn Super Bowl and you played in two conference championship games. Yikes. All right, coming up, we have our worst day on the web. And uh, no, we're not going to continue to dwell on the Chiefs parade. Something that came out of the Super Bowl. And uh, one Kelsey brother was wildly overwhelmed, which I don't think was possible. Ooh. First, here's Big Guna Sports Center update. I hear they got some tasty burgers. It's time for today's worst day on the web. With Danny and Dusty on Odyssey and 1080 The Fan. Oh, really? <sighs> that sucks. Well, if you watched the Super Bowl at all this weekend, there's a good chance that you saw Taylor Swift in the suite that she was in. Yeah, people upset. Yeah. But you know who else was in that suite? The other Kelsey, Jason Kelsey, not participating in the game. Uh, we are all very familiar with his antics uh, post game yeah. and at the after party. However, something I didn't think I would ever hear is that he felt overwhelmed. At halftime, the number of A-list celebrities that were p- trying to pile into the suite to meet Taylor Swift, he said, there was I, I didn't know what to do. 
Like he was on uh, his podcast, New Heights, and he was struggled and he was overwhelmed. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal came in the room. He's like, that was a, a lot because number one, Shaq is a monstrous human being. He's a space eater. There's just only so much space in the suite. And yes, you have tiny little Ice Spice and tiny little Blake Lively and tiny little Taylor Swift, who together might weigh as much as Shaq. Yeah. I'm being serious. Like, maybe? <laughs> no, I don't think. The, the three of them? The three of them? Combined, they weigh 400 pounds. <sighs> maybe. Buck 40 apiece? Uh, I, but I don't think that they're a buck 40 apiece. <laughs> I mean, Taylor's pretty tall. Yeah, but I, I think forty. Yeah, but I don't think I spice. I spice is like a hundred and five pounds. I she well, is a. Short, I want to finish that with a location, but sure. She is a very short person, though. There, but most of a, it centered in one spot. Yeah, that part. Yeah, yeah, that part. But that that's not like if it's enhanced. That's not the uh, the fair. You know, fair. It's not real. The real weight. Fair. The fleshy weight. Also, but I feel like I feel, well. Well, I don't know. The fleshy weight sounds like it should be a drop. <laughs> Just... Not what I mean. I guess where I was going, but not really where I was he going. He said weight, not light. Wow. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I say all of this to say that not, and break. Not only was <laughs> she's five foot three. There you go. Ta- Taylor Swift's five eleven. Yeah, I'd say she's pretty tall. So she's a buck forty. I don't think you could be nearly six foot and not be a buck forty. Blake Lively's pretty tall, five eight. Blake five, nine. Lively five ten. Yeah, see, they're yeah. both. They're, 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 oh, that's taller than I would have figured. Nah, no, I've seen I've seen her with with Ryan Reynolds and like Ryan's like six three. I'd he's, say yeah, he's not short, and she doesn't look small next yeah. to him. So, oh wow, what Blake Lively's? I I, I mean, this is I I didn't know. Never mind. No, no, no. Go, share with the class. She's lost over sixty pounds, Blake Lively. From where? Well, I mean, I mean, this is like she had children, and she's she's lost all of oh all of, okay all, all of the way. I just am looking because I didn't. This is always a bad Google because you're never <laughs> never gonna get the answers you're looking for mm. here. But I'm well, I'm trying you, to see did if you they, Google Fournier. No, oh, yeah, never, that's do never, not never, no, never Google his yeah. actual nickname on Basketball Reference. Never Google. And that's very true. You mm-hmm. should not nope. ever do that. Nope, it's a great one. Yeah, or post pregnancy post pregnancy weight loss sixty one pounds. That is awesome. I bet you she got up to two bills. If she um, lost sixty pounds, she got up to two bills. <laughs> Same. Okay. Just saying. Okay, I have no idea. I think I think I'm coming around to saying I think a buck forty is a safe estimate for yeah. a five foot ten and five foot ten woman. Sure. Right? Yeah. Okay. I, I think that we're. But that, that's <laughs> if you want to piss her off. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it feels like a small number. Yeah, I'm still gonna go Shaq more. I'm gonna right? go Shaq more. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, so you have a Shaq in the room who's the size of these three there. women combined. Beautiful women. Sure, absolutely. But you also have a handful of other A-listers that are pouring into this suite that has very limited space, and all of them are trying to get to Taylor Swift. All of this is to say that is that Jason Kelsey missed the Usher performance. Wow, he could not get back to like to where a spot to where he could watch the performance. That sounds about and he right. missed it. That sounds about right. Um, and you have the the fact that I also I listened to that podcast because I saw the snippets that were out there of Taylor or uh, Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey saying he crossed the line with Andy Reid. Mm-hmm. Boy, are they leaving out the big bulk of that? Where it was like, yeah, I cr- I crossed the line, 
but that's what our relationship is. is yeah. And like Jason Kelsey is like, this is what people are missing about your guys' interaction. And Andy Reid came up to him during the game is like, I don't care, but uh, there's a lot of cameras around, and that's the only thing. Like during the game, Andy yeah. Reid was aware. It's like cameras are on me at all times right now. Like we just need to keep our cool. And, and Travis Kelsey knows that, but Jason went on a good rant about that interaction where he was yelling at Andy Reid, saying, "If you guys don't have the relationship you have." That interaction doesn't happen, and that is a good thing that you guys yeah. have going. He goes to the sideline and he goes and yells to his teammates about it instead of to his coach. Yeah, and that was it. Was they missed a whole bunch of that interaction that they had on their podcast? But I did hear that Jason Kelsey was like, "I I have no idea what happened just because of all of the people. Like there were people. There's a line out the door of mm-hmm. people like a list celebrities waiting outside the of the door yeah. like it's a club." Yeah. And just to see and come in, like, come kiss in the and hand kiss, kiss the ring of, yeah. of Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. And Jason Kelsey's just like looking around and his overalls like, uh, okay. Also heard a great one. The luchador mask mm-hmm. found it on the floor of the club that they were at. That he makes found so much it sense. on the floor and was like, yep, this is going on my face. <laughs> God, I love him. He's great. And his wife, we talked about how she refused to wear chief's gear. Mm-hmm. She refused to watch the game. She was in the suite and didn't watch the game at all. Wow. Yeah, how about that one? Good for her. Yeah. Good for her. It's, she is just ride or die. And Travis is I, like... I noticed she didn't She didn't really make the, the cut when the cameras panned up there or anything like that. Like, she was hiding in the back. Because she wasn't watching the game. She, yeah. The people who wanted to watch the game, she let them up there. And Travis said, I don't care what she wore. I am. She's. He was she's like. There. I'm honored that she wore red. Yeah. And that she showed up. Yeah. Like <laughs> he goes. That was. That was the big part for no, me. No. That, that's that's <laughs> the thing. In 20 years, you're like. That's I can't believe you were so stubborn that you would not. And she's going to sit there with a Philly accent and be like, yeah, yeah, yeah it's right. Yeah, the, the worder. Yeah, <laughs> <she's, the worder. laughs> I love that. That's good in laws, right? There. No, it's fantastic. Understanding each other. All right, I so that's, that's our worst day on the web is Jason Kelsey was so overwhelmed that he didn't even get a chance to watch Usher's half. He had show. no idea that the roller skates were happening. He also has no idea what the next two days were. The side note of the Usher Super Bowl performance, mm. did you hear about the gal that conned her way into the halftime show? No. she They had like the casting call mm. for roller skaters. She answered the casting call, got cast for it. She had no idea how to roller skate. They didn't make her roller skate to show? Oh, so what'd she do? I don't know. Did we did we did we miss somebody left sharking? Oh uh, yeah, well, there were a couple of those things. Like there was a guy who got in the background. Did you see the guy who got thrown? Like like they were tossing people into the air. Yeah. At the introduction. There's a guy in the back where you'll see the video. Dude gets like everybody's getting like thrown up like 10, 15 feet. Mm-hmm. Dude got thrown like thirty feet up in the air. And it was like, did he ever come down? We don't know. He's somewhere still flying. Then there was a guy, like, they had, like, oh, this is going to be a drop. But they had a bunch of people on poles. And there's this dude on the pole tumbled, just fell down, fell off of it. Oh, wow. It was the Usher halftime show was great, but I'm finding out I missed a lot of things I should have been looking so for. So many Easter eggs. Yeah. God. Let's go back and watch it. Go back and watch it again. No, now I have to. Me and Jason Kelsey. We'll have a watch party. <laughs> All right. Coming up next, um, speaking of stupid things that you may have missed, uh, LeBron James and Steph Curry 
Teammates? I have uh, Taylor Swift, 127 pounds. Mm. The internet said so. That and more. Danny and Dusty, Danny the fan. The fleshy weight. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080. The fan. The super team up you didn't know you needed. There's been plenty of smoke, fire, whatever you want to call it, around LeBron James of what he will or won't do with his team option next year with the Los Angeles Lakers. But it also, uh, there has been reporting from ESPN, Adrian Wojnarowski and uh, Ramona Shelburne, uh, have an article up on ESPN detailing that uh, Joe Lacob, owner of the Golden State Warriors, Made a call to Jeannie Buss, owner of the Lakers, a owner to owner trade. Owner uh, to owner. Screw you, Rob Palinka and whoever Bob Myers replaced. Oh, it's Mike, uh, Mike Dunleavy Jr. Jr. Yeah. Jesuit High Zone. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I went through that in my own brain in real time. Yeah, there you go. We got you there. Yeah, screw you guys. I'll We're going to go owner to owner here. Well, because it was a transaction that involved uh, the biggest face in the NBA, LeBron James. LeBron James. And Jeannie Buss apparently told. Joe Lacob, that while LeBron James was not available for trade, it was also incumbent upon her to make sure her players are always satisfied with where they are and content with their life with the Lakers. And if they wanted to discuss this idea with Rich Paul, LeBron James's agent at Clutch Sports, that they were open to it. And Rich Paul, the NBA's stepdad. Yes. Uh, apparently, it didn't come to anything further, but... Um, the, the conversations were had, and LeBron James ultimately decided he, at the lab, at the eleventh hour that he wanted to stay with the Lakers. Blah, blah blah blah. I would imagine that if LeBron James is going to make a change, he wants to make it in the off season. Boy, what would that look like though for Golden State? Which I'm glad this didn't happen for the sake of the Blazers pick that they own of the Golden State Warriors, right? But that what what does that look like as far as a trade goes? Because you'd have to give up. Uh, you're probably having to give up. Oh boy. Andrew Wiggins. Off the top of my head, it would probably be Wiggins Kaminga. Let's see. Wiggins. Which is also a, a Jonathan Kaminga has a nickname you should not Google either. Definitely not. That only gets you about halfway there, salary wise. Oh, Chris Paul. Chris Paul. Oh, so CP3, yeah. he's over, Andrew he's, Wiggins. Because he has a non guarantee on his on his deal next year. So uh, so Chris Paul. Hey, they should have done million. that. Chris Paul could have finally gotten his Laker trade he was hoping for. There you go. <laughs> That would be great if Adam Silver came over the top. like, no. <laughs> Pulls a David For the second Stern. time. <laughs> nope. You will not be a Laker. No. Um, but there has been a lot of discussion around LeBron James and where he will where, where he or will or won't end up. There's also reporting in here that Daryl Morey made a phone call to Rob Palenka, also inquiring about LeBron James, because that's what Daryl Morey does. Anytime there's just anything, in, any kind of smoke, any blood in the water, whatever euphemism you want to use. And Rob Palinka countered by asking him uh, if Joel Embiid was available. Oh, that's nice. Mm. That's great. And Daryl Morey again said, uh, Por que no? No. <laughs> so the interesting thing about this is to remember that Ramona Shelbourne, Shelburne, who is the ESPN writer on this, is Jeannie Buss's BFF. And none of these stories, this doesn't get leaked without permission. So think about who this helps. One, it helps the Warriors. See, Steph, look, we tried. 
We tried to go get you LeBron James, the greatest player of all time. No, we really cared. No, honest, promised. We we really went to try to go do something. Also, we, we pursued Alex Caruso. And we made an offer of one of those Trace Jackson Davis, a first round pick, and Moses Moody. As good as LeBron James. Yeah. Um so yeah, about that. Um the other side of this is the the Lakers should say is look, uh, we care about LeBron. We want his well-being to be considered. We're not holding him hostage or failing to cooperate with Rich Paul or like they're playing their own games because Rich Paul and LeBron James were playing their own games leading up to this. LeBron James with his New York colors that he wore in the interview with the I love New York towel after the game with the hourglass emoji, oh. all those things. Oh, shucks. <laughs> oh, and, if you, and if you wonder why Leon Rose, the GM of the New York Knicks, and Rich Paul were seen together leading up in all of this, it wasn't just to have discussions around repairing their relationships with the Knicks. There's been long rumored notes about LeBron James going to the Knicks for years. Well, you remember the we the can first go time the, he was in Cleveland. We can go all the way back to the decision yeah. where Knicks fans were like, "Oh, he's doing it in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. It's so close. He's going to announce he's coming to the Knicks. It's going to happen. It's going to happen." Wrong, wrong, wrong. But all there's none of this stuff gets out, particularly conversations between owners. Yeah. Without, number one, them wanting to get, have it come out, and, and two, kind of saying, put this out there for us. I think the biggest thing out here is that the, the Lakers know that the writing is on the wall here, that LeBron James will not be part of their future next year because of, look, the, the, the Bronny situation. He's been telling everybody. He has honestly been telling everybody that will listen. When Bronny gets into the NBA, wherever he is at is where I will play. Bronny is not a lottery pick. Bronny will end up in the NBA somewhere. He sh- if he's smart, he should not go to the NBA next year. <laughs> but if the dream is to play with Pops and, and to get there as fast as you can, go ahead. Leave leave USC after this year. Go to the NBA. Somebody's going to take a flyer on you because your dad is LeBron James. He's still got a lot of tread on those tires, and he's going to be playing next year. And they're going to want that. So I, I think that this is also the signal that, hey, for Laker fans, brace yourself. LeBron's not going to be here next year. This is the the preempt. Absolutely, like, I think setting, that is the main set, motivating setting factor. Setting the tone there. of like, look, there's already discussions about LeBron uh, on his way out. You know, they're already calling. See, we're doing the right thing. We aren't looking to shop him. We're leaving it up to Rich Paul and LeBron James. Mm-hmm. It's getting ahead of the narrative. Absolutely, and that's what the Lakers have always done. And they're they're really good at it. And this is why they stumble and fall on their face. Uh, uh, largely, which also should be noted, we haven't talked about it. Mitch Kupchak was not good at his job in L.A., and uh, it turns out he wasn't in Charlotte either. He was fired. Well, he wasn't fired. He was moved to a position uh, where he's no longer front and center as a GM. I, yeah, I, I have a hey Milton, you can get your red swing line in the basement. I have a working theory on this. They had him do the dirty work of cutting and slashing. Getting Gordon Hayward out, PJ Washington trade, uh, <laughs> drafting Brandon Miller. <laughs> well, that was Michael Jordan. Yeah. Kupchak wanted from all from everything I understand. Kupchak and the new ownership group wanted Scoot Henderson. <laughs> Michael Jordan wanted Brandon Miller. Boy, the ripple effect of that one. It's an interesting one, certainly. Um, but also, do you think it's any coincidence that Miles Bridges' charges being dropped 
and Mitch Kupchak moving to the front office as a, a, a kind of leadership quasi role. Do you think that those things may be linked? I I think they are. Yeah, they they said okay. Now the nasty stuff's gone. You've slashed the payroll. You've reset the roster. You got us back to our our new spot while also taking the hit for Miles Bridges. Now we can move on and get the new guy in here without them having the black mark of having all of that on them. Which Brandon Miller playing well. Brandon Miller's playing out of his freaking mind right now. Sixteen four and then two assists and a steal a game on forty four and thirty eight percent shooting. Yeah, the, that's not too shabby. Rook. Where it gets interesting is you start looking at what he has done over the last, mm, let's go, 15 games. Last 10, he's at 22-4-2-1-1 with on uh, 47 and 37%. Yeah, Brandon Miller shooting. over the last 15 games, 21-5-3. Not bad. Shooting 49-39-87. Not bad. Yeah, no, he's been really good. It's, it's Honestly, it mimics what he did at Alabama. Where he started a little bit slow, and then he came on down the stretch, and he went, "Oh, this guy's six foot nine with a ratchet. Who knew? <laughs> Who knew?" Uh, it, people that watch him play, yeah. So <laughs> it's a good place to be. All right, coming up next, we will reset with our number three. And uh, do do we want to do want to go back to the 49er stuff? Because the the, the IU stuff is interesting, and this is just one of many dominoes that are going to fall, uh, I think, for the San Francisco 49ers and teams around the league as they look to see what options uh, are out there on fifth-year guys that are being picked up. Danny Dusty, Danny the fan.